Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast, a show where we bring you insights from media industry experts to help journalists do their jobs better. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Today, we're going to talk about the relationship between news products and audience engagement. In other words, how to build a news experience around what your audience is telling you that they want and need. The Local is a news publication that was founded in 2004. It now has nine local editions across different European countries, serving up local news in the English language. It caters mostly towards foreign residents who are starting a new life for themselves in a new country. We'll be talking to Paul O'Mahony, editorial product manager of The Local Sweden, one edition which has had a particular breakthrough in shifting to a member-first model, with a focus on need-to-know information in the form of article series, newsletters and podcasts. We'll hear much more about all of that, so don't go anywhere. Paul, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. Thank you so much for jumping on the show. Would you share with our audience a little known fact about yourself, please? Uh, let me see. Well, I'm a bit of a music nerd and in my spare time, I do radio programs. So I go to a lot of gigs, go to see a lot of small bands. Nice. I'm a bit of a music fan myself. What's the um, music scene like in Sweden where you are? Uh, it's actually it's actually really good. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of interesting stuff coming out of Sweden. You know, there's all you know, you've got all the uh, very popular sort of Max Martin, Robin kind of stuff. But there are a lot of sort of small, interesting indie bands in Stockholm and in smaller places like um, Gothenburg as well. I'd like to start with the term product thinking. This is the definition that Paul gave me. For, to me, it just means ensuring that the local is useful, in a word. Um, so why do people buy products? It's to meet a need or solve a problem in their lives. So that's Paul Omahani, the editorial product manager of The Local Sweden. His definition got me thinking that in a world with countless shiny new features to muck around with, it's worth concentrating on the products that genuinely serve our users and their needs. The local Sweden mostly writes for foreigners settling into the country, just like the locals' other national titles. That's a niche audience with some needs that often aren't met by other publications or organisations. And so the products that they have rolled out have sought to help foreigners with this confusing and difficult life transition. Product is one of those terms which has become increasingly vague. It can refer to article series, specific news formats like newsletters and podcasts, as well as memberships. The local has a cross-edition membership which has grown from 13,000 to 50,000 paying subscribers over the last two years. Proof, Paul says, that providing essential information to readers where they cannot find an easy alternative is a key part of their product thinking and value proposition. Product thinking also feeds directly into editorial strategy. Take the monthly What Changes article series, for example, which warns readers about potential new changes which could affect them, like government schemes being phased out, new laws coming into force, or price increases on the horizon. That is a specific product that caters to a specific user need. We have a suite of newsletters and we consider each of them individual products. We have article series, um, such as uh, Word of the Day. We have a sort of Word of the Day series in France, Germany, Sweden, a lot of our markets. Uh, and we see that as a, as a product. Uh, what changes in France each month? The podcast is a product. Uh, and then we think about these um, as sort of separate 
entities that we need to um, get out to our readers in, in different ways. We think of them as sort of individual products that we can, like for an article series, we might create um, a newsletter around it, for example, which we have done with word of the day. So if people are interested in that particular series, uh, they can sign up for a newsletter alert and have that delivered to their inbox every time we write one of those articles. With word of the day, we're also considering doing um, audio articles. It's something that we haven't quite got around to yet. That's very interesting. It makes me think of a number of things. Um, how do you know if a product is successful in helping to meet those user needs? So we conduct a lot of surveys. We ask readers, you know, what do you think about this series? Is it fulfilling your needs? And, um, you know, depending on what they tell us, they might say, yeah, you're doing this right, but I'm missing this aspect. We'll iterate and um, yeah, make changes based on the feedback that we get from our readers. What, what's perhaps a really good example of um, something your readers really needed and it became apparent that they needed and so you rolled out a product to help meet that? So we launched a What Changes series, I think, uh, in France first and it performed very well there. We could see that we were converting new members, existing members told us they found it really useful. And uh, so we gradually rolled it out everywhere. So we now have a monthly What Changes article and a dedicated email alert. I think that we did this from a position of strength in that all of our journalists are people who have moved to a new country themselves. So in a sense, we were able to look to ourselves and remember all the challenges we faced when we moved, like how do you get a social security number? How do you get a residency permit, a work, a work visa? How do you learn the language? What are the unwritten rules and social codes, for example? And, you know, it's at a time of rising populism and suspicion towards immigrants. A lot of these are areas where the goalposts are moving quite frequently as sort of legislators tighten the rules for foreigners. Um, so all, all of that sort of guides how we think about our audience, like when we're rolling out um, our, our podcast, for example, um, as we did in, in Sweden just over a year ago, um, we'll have a very active dialogue with readers and talk to them about what issues they want us to cover. And yeah, I think we're, I think we're finding that over, over the course of the last few months, the podcast is getting better and better as a result of that sort of positive feedback loop that we have with readers. Great. Let, let's narrow in on that podcast a little bit more then. You know, what's what's driving that engagement right now and, and why you see users really flocking towards it? What, what, what's that down to? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I should I should mention first that the, the podcast is called Sweden in Focus and I host and produce it. So I have a vested interest in getting everybody to listen to it. Um, I think one one thing that we have... Um, thought quite a lot about in the last few years is solutions journalism and um, not just presenting sort of a straight news agenda. If there are um, challenges in society, we want to highlight success stories and um, examples of 
you know, projects that have worked, for example. I'm, I'm thinking of the most recent episode we did where segregation has been very much in the news in, in Sweden. And I think our readers felt that this was being dealt with in a kind of a superficial way by Sweden's politicians and by the Swedish media. Um, so we thought, you know, how can we how can we really give our listeners what they what they need to know? So we thought, okay, well, let's look at the research um, rather than just you know looking at these tough on crime politicians who are who are pointing to immigrants as the problem, as unfortunately has been the case in this Swedish election campaign. Feedback is everything. Surveys on the site tend to ask very practical questions to readers, which directly inform editorial articles. When it comes to election season, for example, readers have been asked about their voting rights, their perspective on the election campaigns and public debates, and any other experiences they'd like to share. Paul says that it's key to get early investment from readers ahead of these critical news topics. It will often lead to uh, article ideas that we haven't thought about. That's the that's a really positive result of it for for us, you know, because our readers come from, you know, a lot of our journalists are maybe British or Irish or American, um, but we also have uh, a, a, we have readers from all over the world who've moved to to our countries, to our nine countries, the nine countries in which we operate, from all over the world, and they'll they'll generate perspectives that we considered. It occurs to me, and this might seem obvious now. Paul, but you're not Swedish. No. <laughs> How long ago did you move to Sweden? 23 years ago. 23 years ago. So you can probably sympathize with when you're new to a country. You want to be civically engaged with what's going on around you and you want to be participating in exactly, you know, the the elections and, and understanding local council decisions. But it can be hard if with with maybe some of the typical traditional offering to get engaged with that. Yeah. Does that factor in how you, how you operate and the things that you're rolling out with the, with the local Sweden? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it is, that is one of the main services that, that we offer or that readers tell us that they get from the local. It's a bridge to the new society for them. This is, this is going to sound like I'm making it up because it's so nice, but we got an email from a reader last week who said that you know they the cost of living crisis has made them consider all of their reconsider all of their subscriptions and they're going to cut netflix and they're going to cut a few other things but they said that they would never cut the local because it was their most important subscription and that's where we want to be in people's lives we want to be we want to be that link to to sweden to denmark to to wherever the absolutely essential link that they have to their new country but I suppose you also have to juggle the domestic readers you have as well at the same time. The, the people who've lived in Sweden all their lives, you know, Swedish born and bred. You mean Swedes? <laughs> yeah, I do mean Swedes. Yeah, yes. we don't have so many of them, you know, so they're really not not a core a core group for us. We have people we have some Swedes who are or or French people or German people or whatever who are interested in what we're doing, but they're really not our core audience. Our core audience is is foreigners in each of these countries. Yeah. And of course, the, the unique thing about the local is you've got these networks of other titles across Europe. Um, how do you collaborate with them, quite simply? It's quite a big question because we collaborate all the time. It's just it's it's constant and it's it's second nature. 
it's almost something that we don't really think about anymore. But for years, we've been on chats together, like a story that worked in Austria, for example, and, and people get very excited about it. It's like, yeah, that's really going to work in Norway as well. Um, you know, so it's a very, very collaborative workplace. And sort of Google Chat is our main collaborative tool, and it's quite informal, but it's really effective. Um, we also have weekly editorial meetings where people will share the ideas in a more sort of formal setting. What's the best advice you've gotten from a local colleague? Or, you know, something that they helped you think about that you hadn't previously or? We did occasional language articles. And then one of my colleagues, I can't even remember who it was, thought, you know, why? maybe we should try a word of the day. But not just define the word, but really contextualize it. Um, and give people some sort of historical background around this this word or term or phrase that we're explaining. It's a Swedish word, to be clear. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, exactly, a Swedish word. Exactly. And, and that's interesting because there's terms and phrases in other languages that don't necessarily translate to us in other languages. So, and I, you've talked about the word of the day a couple of times. And I'm just interested to pick it up. Is that just a way to help them integrate more into society and new word for their own vocabulary to go about their lives? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's it, it's it really is to help integrate. And um, you know, around the, around election time, we'll a lot of the words that we cover will be election focused. Um, so it's a way of making sure people are up to speed with what's going on. It was so. Uh, popular among readers that we ended up turning it into a, an actual book that you can buy in bookshops so which was our first physical product nice yeah your colleague um Callan edwards was very heavily involved in writing those word of the day articles uh and the book incidentally one of the things that went viral for the local sweden was of course how to say yes i think in uh yeah. northern sweden it's or something like that is exactly wow that be beautifully pronounced yeah, exactly <laughs> i'm not sure if you can get it wrong but it's it's one of those local fascinations isn't it that that perhaps do well and um what's what's today's um word of the day in sweden do you know far out yeah and that's um that means suburb and it's tied to this segregation story that i was talking about earlier because all of the politicians are talking about the the far out the sort of the segregated suburbs in Sweden's main cities. So this is a way of yeah, contextualising that story. Have you got a huge bank of these terms just ready to throw onto the site or is it automated or how does it work? Yeah, we do. Yeah, no, we do. Yeah, we have we, we have sort of shared shared documents where we, we pop in these words and uh, everybody has a look and everybody contributes. And uh, we gradually work our way through them. But we have like a, yeah, a journalist, a freelance journalist, I think at the moment, um, writing all these, all these articles and doing a very good job. Yeah. So, side note, I've got a friend who lives in Japan and he did a YouTube video with a similar premise about, you know, useful tr phrases in Japanese that would never translate to English. I won't try and say the word, but one of them roughly translates to sorry I have to leave like at work and you have to stay yeah and it's just one succinct word that you would never have you see how hard it is for me to explain it it's that it just doesn't translate quite exactly clearly. but for them where it's got a different work culture it makes complete sense um I just think language is fascinating and I love how this is born out of just recognizing user needs and um yeah what people need in their everyday life something small but it's it's linked to a news story as well and something broader which is fascinating
Yeah, exactly. I'm just I'm just looking through the list of uh, of all our recent uh, word of the day stories, and most of them are connected to to news stories. So, uh, yeah, they're very very well liked by readers. Listen, Paul, this has been fascinating. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me and sharing all of your insights with our audience. Thank you. Thank you very much. Tons of great insights from Paul there, and my biggest takeaway here is to think about the link between audiences and products. What about the consistency of a daily newsletter or the depth granted by a podcast serves a particular need? What are your readers struggling with in their everyday lives and which articles could best present the need-to-know information? How does a membership give them everything they need in one bundle? What are your thoughts? And are you doing anything similar or slightly different? You can DM or tweet me at JPG Journalism or the wider team at journalism.co.uk at Journalism News. If you'd like to feature on the show, or we've got a topic or story you want us to cover on the podcast, do get in touch. I'm on jacob at journalism.co.uk. And finally, if you like what you heard today, you can check out more of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. That way, you won't miss our next exciting episode. But that's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.